0: Bye. friends and neighbors, this is Last Minute Politics. My name is Pepper Coyote and I am being joined today by a special, another guest host. This is Beatrice Poundwell. Please say hi, Beatrice. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Are we allowed to talk about, I don't know, like what, should we discuss our, like how we know each other, our origin story, or should we just leave it entirely? I'm going to let you
1: lead on that. I'll, I'll, whatever (laughs) you want to do, I'll let you lead on that. I'm totally
0: fine. Well I'm originally from Pennsylvania and I speak to very very few people who are from my like high school and elementary schools Not because I just hate everyone in Pennsylvania necessarily. I just went to extremely small schools, so like the sample size is 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 very small. I don't really know what's happening with it. I feel like half of the people I went to school with are dead. I went to a very poor area high school. Yeah, I
1: I feel the same way. Yeah,
0: I don't know what happened to these people. But B over here, we've been in a little uh, some contact. Like we, it's not like we had continuous contact since, but. Over and over again throughout our adult lives. We've kinda like bopped into each other. Yeah. And it's been great.
1: Yeah, no, I've I've been following you, Pepper. I uh it's I've always have been followed your social and stuff and it's it's weird. It's uh my illustrious
0: music yeah, career.
1: It's it's very weird. <laughs> it's it's entertaining, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're seeing where show business lies in 2020.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You follow people you went to high school with on Facebook and social, and you continue following the ones that are interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The ones... (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. Frickin' ugh. See, now I'm about to be like, oh yeah, I remember this person from college. I'm like, no, we didn't get that far. (laughs) B doesn't know anybody from my college. (laughs) No, I sure don't.
1: (laughs) I have my own people from
0: college. You're the only person left with positive feelings of me before age 19. (laughs) Okay. Not exclusively positive, but sure. (laughs) Well, yeah, but you have some. (laughs) You are the exclusive part. The feelings are not exclusively positive. Gotcha, yeah. So the... Uh, this is a story I tell I've told a few times and you're one of the like two people who were there to witness it I don't even know if you remember it. So it was a uh, high school graduation like rehearsal day and we left and we're like what are you going to do? And I'm like you know what? I'm going to go buy some beer and you're like what? Yes <laughs> like, I okay, remember. We're going <laughs> to <laughs> watch you buy this beer. <laughs> okay what do you remember happening from there because everyone's heard me talk about I, my side of
1: i remember you yeah we went to this place and you went in and bought beer and i was astounded <laughs> that it worked i That's couldn't all, believe it
0: you weren't just outside the beer place you were in the neighboring gas station looking through the glass window because oh. <laughs> <laughs> remember we didn't want to incriminate each other i'm like yo if a bunch of fucking kids are standing outside and i walk out with a beer and you're like high-fiving each <laughs> yes, other exactly it's, we it's, were it's, trying
1: to keep a low profile <laughs>
0: And then I didn't do the thing in the movie like you would expect from like movies and TV where I'm like cool let us all now go share this beer. No, I said see you later and I <laughs> Yeah, and just, exactly. We all just went home. <laughs> like we didn't go party with the beer yes, cuz none because of
1: us were Yes, I've also retold that story and every <laughs> time I tell that story that question comes up so like you did you guys drink the beer? I'm like, no. He took. it went home.
0: <laughs> no, we all just went home. We weren't cool enough to know how like parties work. No, we, <laughs> certainly not. It's like, oh, we have the beer. That's the goal. Like we accomplished the goal. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> exactly.
1: I couldn't believe that. Like you just walked in and bought beer like a regular person would. It was insane.
0: <laughs> oh, the funniest part of the inside of the store interaction was when I didn't have, I was short by like 25 cents and the guy just gave me the 25
1: cents. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, I don't know if you know this uh, extension of the story, but like a week later, I tried it myself. Uh, I was like, oh, it's just real easy to buy beer. You just walk in a place and buy it. Nope. I went to like three places.
0: (laughs) They're all like, show me ID. You're like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: You gave me false hope.
0: The guy asked me if I had ID, and I just said no, and he's like, hey. <laughs> It's truly incredible how that transaction worked, where I didn't have ID, didn't have enough money, <laughs> I was still allowed to leave with beer. That's nuts. So this show is called Last Minute Politics. It's called Last Minute because it's both a play on the, like, the doom clock, how we've been in the last minute of the doom, if you know, I'm not explaining it. the doom clock. How, how how close we are to fucking up the whole world Which I kind of think is a BS concept now Because I think we've gotten over worse things And we'll always survive It's just how pleasantly we'll survive as a species And the fact that when you set this shit up last minute Like I sent three text messages saying Can you be here this time? This is what to expect And now we're just doing it There's been no further prep work Yes We are here to talk about politics And our lives And I don't know Like anything that interests us Mine are are all pretty politics-y In the last week's Week? In the last week actually We've heard uh, Somebody's heard Hopefully Someone has heard Has anyone heard? That's kind of part of my question here The rail strike There was a rail workers uh, There was a a threat of a strike The two big rail unions in the US Have been trying to get a deal For uh, I think three years at this point Which is relevant because The deal they're talking about Is a five year deal but it's, it's retroactive So really it's a two year deal going forward But everybody also gets whatever raises they would have been owed And that's a big deal Because I think it's like 150,000 employees would have gone on strike Between these two unions And that strike was supposed to happen It was scheduled to happen this past Friday And then last minute Like stri- clock strikes 11 uh, something, something Biden made a deal happen. Like that's the the headline that's been floating around is that there was, there was a threat of a rail strike and then Biden stopped the threat of the rail strike. Beatrice, I'm going to you just, yeah. does that fit with what you have heard or have you heard more? Like, what else do you know? Or like, have you studied this deeply? What kind of, what have you just been gleaning from the general Yeah, media? I, I
1: haven't looked into it that much. That's basically everything that I know. Yeah. like. Um, yeah, I know it was supposed to happen like a week
0: ago. Right. And it would have been this last Friday. There may have there. That's when they were like, All right. It's been authorized for this day. So I bring this up less to have any kind of conclusions, but more just to shine lights on how our current union environment is. Everybody on this, I I assume me and B are both pro union. Sure. Like broadly speaking. Yeah. Like who isn't (laughs) unless you own a factory. (laughs) <laughs> our current union environment, I want to like kind of touch on what the reality of that even is. Cause if you're not like involved in the union movement or the, the labor struggle in general, you might assume, Oh, all the workers get together and then they make this decision. But then like Biden made early fact, the workers, the actual rail workers have made no decision. Yay. Or nay about the deal that Biden did that stopped in huge air quotes, stopped the rail strike. The rail strike has been delayed and Uh, as when I get into this article, you'll find many federal courts can just tell you you're not allowed to strike. And I'm like, man, that sounds like we actually don't have the right to strike. Yeah. If they can tell you
1: that you can't, then that means that you can't, right? (laughs)
0: You know, like you'll be like talking and some judge comes in. Hey, hey, hey. First Amendment stops there. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So what was it that Biden did? So this is Politico. (laughs) <laughs> the first line of the thing: President Joe Biden narrowly avoided. So Biden is the subject. Avoided is the verb. He avoided it. He avoided. He avoided an economic. Yeah. Okay. He avoided an economic and political debacle on Thursday as senior administration officials helped salvage a tentative last-minute deal to avert devastating railroad strike. And I'm posting the link to this article so you can read it all yourselves. Bap. It's from Politico. I choose these sources not because they're my favorite sources, but mostly because they're like kind of neutral-ish. Like nobody would go, Politico, what a rag of biased bullshit. (laughs) Most people are like, all right. And it almost didn't happen. Steering clear of disaster required some 20 straight hours of talks beginning Wednesday that t- that taxed Labor Department coffee supplies, kept West Wing office lights burning through the early hours, and left everyone bleary-eyed and largely sleepless. Holy shit, imagine if they couldn't get a union contract for three years, how sleepless and bleary-eyed they would be. Uh, it sounds the agreement- like the West
1: Wing. It sounds like something from <laughs> the stage
0: directions of the uh, West Wing script. <laughs> It's like September 3 a.m. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Office exactly. lights burning through the early hours. Everyone is bleary eyed and sleepless. <laughs> yeah, this, this writer is getting excited. The agreement. Oh, they're jerking off to the fact that Biden, I guess, did something. The agreement <laughs> still subject to union members approval. So nothing has happened. <laughs> Biden said, how about we do this? That's what we are at. And that's Biden narrowly avoided an economic and political debacle. Yeah, that's
1: a 900-word uh, article on Politico. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going through the whole thing. So <laughs> no, no, no. The, the agreement. Still I know, I'm subject I'm saying it is worthy
1: enough for that. Apparently,
0: right. <laughs> the agreement seemed all but dead late into the night as talks led by Senator, uh, sorry, by Labor Secretary Marty Walsh, dragged on with all sides in the year long, years long dispute, frustrated and exhausted. The prospect of dormant freight trains leaving fall crops to rot in fields, livestock to die of starvation, and grocery shelves to go empty hung over the West Wing and spurred heavy pressure from Biden and the White House to strike a deal. I want you to keep in mind that that is what's what's at stake here, and what's on the other side of the scale are literally one sick day. Like, the negotiations were super stalled over the uh, corporate would not do, they, they they were stuck at zero sick days. That was their best offer, was zero paid days off per year. That's insane. Zero. That's insane. And rather than letting them have a sick days, they would rather have the prospect of dormant freight trains leaving fall crops to rotten field, livestock to dives. Like, they keep making a big deal out of how awful it would be if this strike happened. And it's like, yeah, so maybe you could do the very reasonable move of meeting some of these demands. A rail strike affecting 40% of the nation's uh, freight traffic at a cost of $2 billion a day could have severely damaged an economy already suffering from supply chain snarls, the highest inflation in four decades, and a Federal Reserve pumping hard on the brakes to bring prices down. I'm not hoping that we will have economic devastation caused by a strike, but it is super clear by these last two paragraphs just how much leverage rail workers have right now, and I think to squander that leverage on, oh, do you want to know how many sick days Biden got him? Do you want to throw out a guess? One. One. Zero, but they get one PTO flex day that they can take unpaid.
1: <laughs> uh, it, yeah, so it's just all about keeping the status quo, you know, keeping the rail workers the, so that they need these people above them to uh, tell them they're allowed to eat
0: and sleep in their house and stuff. Like, B, what do you think about the phrase controlled opposition?
1: <laughs> yes i think that is what we're seeing here for sure i think it's never been as blatant as it is with biden uh because he especially lately since he's been like badass biden uh it's, been, it's like so obvious he's dark brandon
0: <laughs> dark brandon has risen <laughs> He's doing the red speeches. Yes, it's like so obvious
1: what he's trying to do. And maybe it's just because I'm more plugged in than I ever was. But I feel like it's never been that obvious. It's always been controlled or yeah, controlled opposition.
0: But the fact this getting marketed as a victory before any actual worker has even put eyes on it. They haven't even seen it, let alone voted yay or nay. So we're talking about this great victory when what they have done is present, in my opinion, a pretty shitty deal that does not meet all the workers' demands. Remember the Kellogg's strike that ended in, quote, victory, but did not meet the core demands of the Kellogg's workers, which was to eliminate a two-tier pay system that makes some of them the workers that get benefits and some of them the workers that don't, like, you know, every fucking job in America does. yeah. That was the big complaint. And then, oh, it's cool. You can go and buy Kellogg's products again or whatever. The strike ended in victory. A deal happened. And it's like, well, I've seen deals. I signed a lease. Doesn't make it a great lease. Exactly. (laughs) What's in the deal? Over and like, that's, I guess, the biggest point of me bringing this up. Whenever you hear about this shit, try and actually read what the deal is, because they're going to run around and say, a deal was made, and that's good. Biden made a deal. It's like, some deals suck. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Most deals suck, I would argue. This is a quote from Walsh, the labor secretary. It's like, holy Christ, the magnitude of what would have (laughs) happened. (laughs) We'll never fully understand. Thank God. Like, that's a quote. Uh, I didn't add anything to that. That's insane.
1: It's like he (laughs) he literally didn't do anything. And the people who it's affecting haven't even weighed in on it yet.
0: They could have destroyed the U.S. economy, but... Wouldn't it have been easy, like, why can't we talk about the three years of negotiations that lead up to this? Cause it's not like they woke up on fucking Thursday and said, if we don't get 900 sick days a year, we're going on strike tomorrow. Yeah. Federal judges have blocked strikes over from the, by the same unions for the same reasons in the past already. So they've been trying to strike for years and they just aren't permitted to. And now they're about to strike again. And the president steps in and says, you're not allowed to strike cause I made you a deal. And the president himself didn't even make the. Right. Yeah, I got a, I'm rolling down to the. The union guy has like uh has a quote here. You're kind of overemphasizing that call. <laughs> Is the quote from Biden? Pierce said, "We're talking to Pierce. He's one of the Ferguson and Pierce are the two union reps we got here." Pierce said in response to repeated questioning about how it shifted conversations. You know, they're talking like, "Yeah, but how did Biden move the? How did he move the needle here? What did Biden do to help?" Yeah. It was special to us because it meant he was paying attention. But it was one of many we got. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> because it meant he was paying attention. I would hope he'd be paying attention.
0: Because, yeah, you know, this, these union dudes who, not saying that they're automatically amazing, fantastic people, but the union and their reps have been trying to do this for three years and they've been blocked by federal judges and all this. And you find out in this that the – they're like, oh, it's after they made some calls to the CEOs that things really got. I'm like, you're saying the fucking CEOs aren't even here? (laughs) So they're doing this negotiating with who? There's like a lawyer they sent, I guess. And then, you know, the actual union reps, which they're probably lawyers too. Unions still get lawyers. I'm not saying lawyers are bad. But can you see how it's like the bosses don't even go to these meetings? (laughs) Yeah. What blows my mind is how small the
1: the – like, yeah, one sick day, like how small the concessions
0: are that they just refuse to make. And the only reason they got this unpaid sick day is because of the threat of a strike. I wish people would look at that $2 billion a day that you'd cost them and go, Hey, everybody, is a sick day that bad? Because me missing one day of pay is really not nearly as bad as I guess you missing $2 billion if we all go on a strike. You would hope.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly
0: how rich the rail companies are, but I can't imagine they can do too many $2 billion days of uh, losses.
1: And I want the rail workers to have sick days because they're, you know, traveling across the country with with their germs, you
0: know? <laughs> we, <laughs> they have to get those germs. I don't want that uh, shit. To Kansas City. <laughs> safely. Exactly, <laughs> Captain, we lost half of the germs. <laughs> this is an unaccepted, denied the shipment.
1: It's like I've never understood that uh unwillingness to give employees sick days cuz like y- y- as a customer I don't like sick people uh you know taking my money I don't you know I don't like the idea of a bed someone who should be bedridden you know but bringing me my
0: pasta or whatever it is. <laughs> so reading the various marxist theory I've been reading, I the, uh one way of phrasing labor disputes that I enjoy cuz it kind of takes all of the takes all the emotion out of it. I describe all of these things as raising the cost of labor for the companies cuz that's what it really is at the end of the day. You're not raising wages, you're raising the cost of labor. We talk about cost of labor. It's things like wages, sick days, all the various health care. You know, the whole package of what a company has to expend on an employee. Because that's how they look at it. They don't look at it about, like, should they take a sick day and what that would do. No, they go, okay, that's one day of labor, which is equivalent to this much money times this many people. And then it goes on the spreadsheet. It's just cost of labor. And I like it because it's kind of a sterile term. Yeah, McDonald's needs to raise its cost of labor, (laughs) which means higher pay for people. But... It, it also encompasses everything, such as sick days, benefits uh, of other kinds. You know, anything the job might do. Are they providing food? Cool. Like, paid lunch? Great. That's all just cost of labor. Yeah. The number is a little higher. And one of the only ways you can extract value as a capitalist is by pulling it out of labor, like human laborers. Machines only run at, once they're at top speed, that's it. You can't, like, threaten its family. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But you can't. But you can with humans, you'd be like, Motherfucker, you better go there and work. And they've whittled them down to already zero sick days. So, like, if they have to give them one back, it's like, Fuck, how can we squeeze more value out of these people?
1: Exactly. Yeah, you, you can't take away the machine's Christmas bonus, it's not gonna care.
0: You can't threaten that machine that you're gonna replace it with a different machine. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna replace you with a foreign machine that will work in worse conditions. <laughs> uh, have you guys talked about the, the
1: plane of immigrants sent to Martha's Vineyard?
0: We haven't talked about it at all, but that'd be a fantastic topic for this show. Plane of, they were sent to both Martha's, is that the Massachusetts one or is that the California one? Because it was like one of each. The Massachusetts one. It, it was, that, okay.
1: it was all I was hearing about like this week. It was DeSantis sent like a plane of uh, illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard.
0: As opposed to, like, the Greyhound bus method that we used to use. Yeah, I suppose, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's just uh, the, the place that he chose, I think, was, he's trying to make a point.
0: We will truly pay for anything but people's basic needs in this country, won't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll buy you plane tickets as a stunt, but we won't, like, give you a fucking sandwich.
1: Yeah, the the price of flying like there were like fifty or a, to a hundred of them. Chartering. the price of flying Chartering that the many there, jet. like you could feed
0: them. <laughs> so for assuming if you were telling somebody who has no idea what's going on, why would a governor want to be sending a uh, a plane full of undocumented workers to another part of the country? Uh. So
1: apparently, it's um. Oh, it's a sanctuary state, I guess, Um, Massachusetts. So they have a policy in Florida, I guess, to send a certain amount of uh, undocumented people to these sanctuary uh, states. And usually they don't fly plane loads of them to
0: Martha's Vineyard, though. You know, okay, let me... This isn't even me playing devil's advocate, but this is me saying... This is me saying, wow, all these fucking, uh, I bet you all the fuckers who live in Martha's Vineyard would be like, we need to treat immigrants better. And that's like, holy shit, there's immigrants. Get them well, out of here. Well, yeah, that's what that's what DeSantis was
1: hoping would happen. Yeah. But that's and, not what that happened. aspect,
0: he's not. Entirely incorrect in that I know these people. I know capital L liberals who make six figures. Sure. And they're like, uh, we need to help the poor, struggling people. And then they see a struggling person, they're like, 911. <laughs> <Well, laughs> sure. There's a poor person. <laughs> All right. So what happened?
1: But, well, I think they uh, did, like, uh, they, a lot of them stayed at a nearby church, but like the community got together and helped them. But it was like 50 of them, but if it's a thousand of them like i think it would like ruin the economy of Martha's vineyard it's,
0: that's the other part is like are you telling me that that sending 50 hispanic people is all it takes to destroy your no no fucking, like.
1: Yeah, it's a political stunt. It's it's a political stunt, like a month away from all that. That's all it is.
0: There's like fucking Connecticut's right there. Like if 60 more people who speak Spanish enter the country, we're going to have to dissolve. <laughs> <a state."> like, <laughs> it's really not that many people. No,
1: like, it really isn't. <laughs> it, it really isn't. And I think uh, it's going to end up working out for them. It seems like for the for the immigrants, which in the end, I guess that's OK.
0: My favorite tweet, what it's favorite tweet makes it sound, yeah. Favorite tweet for, for for reasons was somebody was like, So the rest of the thing is the rest of this politics season is going to be DeSantis doing a new stunt every week until uh, sometime in November Trump calls him Miss Florida and then all this shit just falls <laughs> apart. <laughs> and I'm like, You're kind of right. That's probably what that's why they're trying to get him on espionage because they know if he runs again, he will win. They have to make sure he can't run or he's going to win. Uh, the Democrats I are don't. like, Well, we already offered nothing. And they don't seem to like it and the republicans are like we're being as evil as we can over here But it's not in the way that make people want <laughs> I don't
1: know people are digging dark brandon. I think
0: Dark yeah, I don't like how many of my like capital D Democrat friends it's revealed that they basically just want Trump but with a Democrat in front of oh his name God. which is what I was saying for years. <laughs> they get real mad when I say that and then they'll do some Trumpian shit and they'll be like yeah and it's like "You, what are you talking about? Like he's building literally building the wall and they're like yeah build the wall and I'm like what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> Biden building the wall is still a wall being so was your problem not the wall? Like your
1: problem was just the guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like sports for a lot of people. It's <laughs> yeah. It's like my team, if my team does it, it's good, you know, like if my team deflates the ball, like it's not cheating. But <laughs> <laughs> so if the other team does it, fuck them.
0: All right, B, Beatrice. Yeah. <laughs> I want uh <laughs> we're going to intro into your topic, but I have like a transitory question. Sure. So how many? This is, sounds like such a freaking gotcha question, and this isn't supposed to be like, oh yeah, name all their albums. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. How, I'm gonna
1: lose my many, ele- general election or whatever. Okay, go ahead.
0: How? <laughs> I've been spending the last like year, two years now. Yeah, yeah, about two years now. Reading through like the classics of Marxism. So like Marx and Lenin. We were going through Lenin's. what Was it uh... Highest stage of uh, imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism is the one I have like rung up for myself next. But we read The State and Revolution by Lenin. We read Socialism, Scientific and Utopian by Engels. Communist Manifesto, which now I no longer tell people to read first. I have a couple other ones. Oh, okay. Uh, We're going towards Soviet America by William Z. Foster. Like, how many have you read? Any or all of the ancient Jedi texts? I read the
1: Communist Manifesto, and I'm familiar generally with a lot of the those things you said. I didn't read them, but I'm familiar (laughs) with a lot of the concepts. uh, But. The Communist Manifesto, that's the only one of the things that you said that I've read. If I say historical
0: materialism, do you know what I'm talking, like in the Marxian sense? Because that, to me, is really the only one that people have to have some kind of... Like, I can agree with anybody who is a materialist. I
1: don't immediately know what that means. I could venture a guess, but uh, could you give me the... the-
0: That's just the idea that through history, the historical part, like things are how how they are now because things happened in the past and it kind of built up upon itself. Not because of like destiny or anything. It's just where we are now is a result of what happened before. I, my breath smells like beer because I just drank Bud Light. Absolutely. That's a material cause for why. It's not because, oh, you see, Pepper enjoys alcohol, so the demons have cursed his gums with (laughs) the the scent of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, yes, and that's a really obvious one. But it starts to come into issues like, like I don't know, like essentialism. Like, is are people good or bad? What is human nature? Why do certain people deserve power? Like, who should be in charge? Like, if you go through materialist answers to these things, uh, you're going to find a lot of agreement with me and with Marxists in general. And I would argue that it leads you farther and farther into socialism, communism. If you are, if you look at things materially.
1: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, no, I agree with all that.
0: Well great. I'm going when I throw that out, we'll, we'll circle back to it. What was your topic for today? B, what did you want well, to, talk to talk about? Well, I just wanted to
1: talk about marketing stuff. in general. And so since we're talking about communism, uh, how And I want to hear kind of your uh, thoughts on it through the, through that lens. And because, so uh, for the past 10 years, I've been working in media and marketing and, uh, you know, I'm a lefty, I'm a, I'm a communist ish. So I'm always weighing the morality of what I'm doing. And a lot, a lot of the time, like, so. I sell marketing uh, through all kinds of different media channels and it's nothing. And I always think about that, like I'm selling nothing and I'm trying to trick people (laughs) into getting things that, you know, they don't want. And to to, to a kind of crazier extent, um, I'm talking to the business owners. I'm talking to the people who want to sell their thing. And I'm marketing to them, so I'm like marketing the concept of marketing.
0: You have to sell them on why they should hire you to sell. And it's nothing. Their thing. Yes, and it's nothing.
1: So it's like, <laughs> like it's physically nothing to like. Yeah, what you were talking about. Uh, what 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 is it? I, historical material materi- yes
0: you're talking about productive industry okay it, marx talks about the concept of productive labor and productive industry and yeah advertising is not a productive industry i mean neither is comp composing music sure <laughs> like, well no i, w- I like, would
1: argue that it's, that's more
0: productive it, there is a product at the end but it's not a product that exists like that can be used to like i don't know feed off when we talk about productive industry they mean uh, uh, production of energy sure. uh, raw material construction like if you're building somebody a house <laughs> that's definitely like productive <laughs> means
1: Well, if, if you're it's...
0: the person making the food in the back productive if you're the person out front trying to get them to buy the expensive food that you've made look fancy it's not productive. You're you're basically like a waiter is kind of one of the lowest levels of the marketing industry if you think about it. So
1: yeah, what about like yeah, entertainment, the, uh, m- mm-hmm. music's, uh, you know, books, uh, movies, entertainment. Where does that fall?
0: Yeah, Marx would never say these things. By the way, something being unproductive doesn't mean it's like bad. Yeah, no, and needs no, to no. Stop. <laughs> it just those are those are the things the productive industries are the ones that like advance your society. Sure. Getting to nuclear is like that's a that only happens because we've been working on energy at the our productive <laughs> forces have been gathering and growing and getting bigger. Uh heck, factory farming, I don't think we should have to torture we do, we not should have to. We don't have to torture animals to the degree that we do, sure. but factory farming is the only way we have right now to get enough calories to feed everybody so it's like unless we want a bunch of people to die we kind of need it now because our productive forces the like food agriculture uh, production has gotten to that point. It's been built up by capitalism. Yeah. And in the manifesto, you'll hear Marx going on. He's like complimenting capitalism for a bit. He's like capitalism with its building up of the forces has stripped everything, stripped all the bullshit away. Now everything's just about money and we can stop pretending it's about God or, <laughs> or demons or whatever. Yeah. It's all right. I have this much money. You have this much money. It kicks down all down into a math problem. So the, Productive forces move your society forward. And in the U.S., the percentage of workers that we have in the productive industries, like very loosely defining, is something like maybe 20, 30% of all workers... Meaning 70 to 80% of us are in either service industry, marketing, unproductive things. We're waiters. We're retail people. Like, we don't make the clothes. We just put them on the rack. Sure, We yeah. don't make the coffee. We don't package and manufacture the coffee. We put it in the cup and give it to you and wear the uniform and smile and go, hi. Like, it, yeah. That's the actual job you have. Exactly. So this becomes an issue with the U.S. economy because we're kind of, like, that's sort of why we're slowing and it seems like we're just poor and poor even though there's just money everywhere. Our GDP is mostly based on nonsense industries, fire industries, finance and real estate, F-I-R-E, fire industries. Yeah. Money from nothing, just money to do it. And then industries like that, higher market. You're like a, a, an accessory onto things like that. You could market for productive industries, like fucking nuclear needs some marketing. Sure, yeah, no.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, Yeah. that's a good point. And, and like one thing that's, kind of always stood out to me since I've like been in marketing. I noticed the tricks and everything and you can see another layer of the matrix. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You can, I can see another layer of the matrix and it makes me feel cynical and bad when it's done poorly. Like when I see,
0: I know several marketers who become communists because they just, yeah, they start seeing the world or they already kind of thought away and it just like pushes them even farther.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But For whatever reason, like, a bad commercial pisses me off than a good commercial, whereas a good commercial should piss me off more because it works better. (laughs) It's tricking me, which is (laughs) the—it is tricking because, like, trying to convince somebody to buy, you know, their Toyota at Joe's Toyota instead of, you know, Mike's Toyota, uh, you have to trick them. There's really no good reason to pick one (laughs) over the other. You have to trick them. Conveniently located. These meaningless phrases we invent to trick people. But when it's done well, it doesn't piss me off.
0: You end up seeing a little bit more of how capitalism actually works i'm a yeah, thing said over and over people people who call themselves capitalists usually they aren't actually capitalists you have to have capital to be a capitalist. Exactly. if you like capitalism but don't own anything you're not really a capitalist you live within it but you're a fucking you're a serf. you're so, <laughs> you're a fucking worker exactly uh and but the, oh, go ahead. the people who are best at it or the ones who actually figure out how to freaking use it because most people don't know how it actually works. And if you're in marketing, you have to learn how it actually works or you will fail. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know how much of it is phony. It's just kind of nonsense. Yes, it's... It's pretty insane. The worst boss to have is either a former or studying communist because they're going to understand how all these shits work and be able to manipulate it, like, against you. Yes, I (laughs) I remember (laughs) what
1: I was going to say. I
0: was going to talk about how um, commission is a part of what I do,
1: which is, like, the most obvious. Like, I literally get 10% of my labor. (laughs) Like, it's never been more obvious. Like, with commission, it makes the whole thing... Like it structures it to whereas I'm 10% of the th- of my labor which
0: you know it's not labor <laughs> oh that's definitely labor it's just not that's why they have the productive and unproductive labor because sure. labor is labor like whether or not the thing actually does anything you end up with these analogies with not that all unproductive labor is this but like Uh, mud pies becomes like a really famous uh, example. It's like, well, what if I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours making mud pies? They have no utility, but but it's still labor, right? So I should still get paid for labor? And it's like, well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, the fact that it is not uh, – we were talking about this before the show. The fact that it is not supply and demand that drive the economy like we're told in second, third grade, and then they just kind of never think about it again. Yeah. Because from a young age, it's, oh, you know, our system is very fair. We have an open market, and people compete on the market, and that makes the best things. If you have an idea of how to do that thing cheaper or better, do it, and then everyone will come to you because you have the cheapest and best product, yeah. which completely ignores how, like, monopolization all that works. And it's like, no – people don't buy the cheapest and best product. Basically never. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about marketing has to say about that.
1: So yeah, it's all about, again, making them think that they want the product or, uh, so, so when I'm talking to like a potential client, they'll be like, you know, so I'm telling them why they should uh, advertise, why they should use marketing. Um, And I, I have to say so people don't know about your thing we have to tell them about it but also we have to trick them into thinking that they need it we have to give them a good reason to <laughs> think that they need this thing that clearly they don't need and I'll, it's it the easiest example of it is hey uh my one of my clients will get a hold of me and be like we have too many x Let's talk. Let's make make that the point of our commercial because we have too many. Please
0: pause. Don't lose your thought. Pause for just a second because these are the kind of examples. Because you actually work in this industry, this is the kind of things that I am like, I say as an oversimplification. Like, okay, as a, this would never really happen in real life, but, you know, because our whole ploy, if I say that supply and demand do not dictate the economy, how goods actually, uh, how would they decide? Because, you're supposed to go, okay, people need this. A factory sees that people need it, so they start making that thing, then they bring it to them and sell it to them. Yeah. Economics, right? If you're in second grade, first grade, sure. a, hell, if you're in college, that's so that's still how they explain it to you, because that's how it's supposed to work. That's how they say it works. You, and they're just full of shit. Well, but they say it works like that. It's just
1: a cycle of you know. people marketing to each other. So So, like, the store owner got sold too many fidget spinners, you know, so now he's got to market them. (laughs) And because somebody marketed them to him, now he's got to market them to other people.
0: And it's just... The chaos of capitalist production is that people make a thing. Yeah. Fidget spinners is my favorite example because they're, like, they are an item, but they're pretty useless. People make somebody decided to make a bunch of fidget spinners. I
1: have one within arm lengths of me. I have one with an arm length.
0: There's of at me. least three of them in my house. <laughs> There's one that has Pittsburgh Steelers on it in my house floating around. There's one that looks like a ninja star <laughs> that isn't sharp. <laughs> like, that one's fun. <laughs> They just sit in there. They don't go anywhere. I haven't thrown them away. They're just still here. Like they don't ever break down. You never need another one. See the reliability of this product. You buy one fidget spinner, you're never gonna need another fidget (laughs) spinner in your life. Come on down to Al's fidget (laughs) spinner. That's exactly right.
1: Fifty percent off fidget spinners today. And yeah,
0: a thing exists and then demand is marketed into existence and obviously it's not for everything not for food you don't have to go and tell people they need food but most things that are not complete necessities and heck half of them that are they're going to try to market you a commodity version of these necessities well and
1: another thing is if you sell food so do 50 other people so you have to why should i buy food from you instead of the other guy and
0: that why is this banana individually wrapped in a plastic bag? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's where you get like, "Oh, we're the best because our employees have no individuality." <laughs> so that's why you should buy your food at our store.
0: We beat the fuck out of our employees. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so buy your bananas here. We'll individually wrap them oh. if that'll make you happy.
0: Didn't mean to make it as dark with the banana It being about bananas but you know Never look up American history or you will become A socialist (laughs) I've talked about the banana republics on here so often Oh yeah And nobody, there's no response to it It's just like yeah keep bringing it up because it keeps being fucking salient Nothing has actually changed in policy Our policy is we're coming in We want this and you can either give it to us Willingly or we can overthrow Your government about it
1: (laughs) Yeah exactly But it's definitely true that uh, marketing exists to to sell the surplus so that the things that people that we have too much of because people don't want them without marketing that's 100 like what it is
0: that's marketing is a key component of the current capitalist yeah. pr- mode of production like without marketing our shit would grind to a standstill because half our stuff just wouldn't move yeah why would we go and buy and with with targeted marketing on, on the internet,
1: where you can get a shirt on your Facebook feed that says, "You know, I'm an Aries, born in September or whatever it is." That that doesn't make any sense.
0: Can you? <laughs> you're freaking right. Um, what do you think industry is the most pure marketing? Like, what industry do you think has the least actual product and is just only marketing? Because oh, I have
1: that's a great. Like, I think. I think. T-shirts is a good example, but... Well, you do still get a
0: shirt. Like, there is a shirt. Yeah, that's a, that that's a very good point. <laughs> um, uh, do you have something in mind? <laughs> I was going to say streaming services. Streaming.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, well, something I've always said is if you can get people to buy literally nothing, you're going to make a ton of money. <laughs> and, yeah, streaming services, but also, you know, like, insurance. And, yeah, what I do, I think literally nothing, basically... If you can get people to buy nothing, you're yeah, you're going to be just fine. So, yeah, streaming services.
0: Marketing
1: is the product. What's the service? They allow you to watch <laughs> Cheers a thousand times?
0: <laughs> no, you can't watch shit you've actually heard of. They only have their new shows. Anything that you want to watch is not on any of the services. That's how it works.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Or they're fucking HBO Max and they're like, sorry, we're going to delete this show from the entire internet because it would be more expensive than maintaining the rights to it. Yes. And due to capitalism, it would be allowing our competition an opportunity to simply let them go back on the market. So we are going to use our ownership of them to kill them.
1: Yeah. And the, I mean, when it's like some cartoons on HBO, it's not a big deal, but the ability to make information, to make entertainment go away forever, that's could be kind of sinister.
0: Oh, there were some ownership, uh, uh issues recently with like the collected works of I think it's I think it it's not Lenin it can't be Lenin because this is all owned by the fucking Russian state but like was one of it's one of our the big collections on if you've ever been to marxists.org oh i got that in Marxist my book, that's in my bookmarks <laughs> <laughs> Marxists you sh- if you're on a browser right now go there you will you'll think that this is like a joke website that's going to like lead to a scare or like a, a goat see or something <laughs> that's what it looks like it's going to be it's not it's this is the best org?
1: What, what is it again
0: marxistsplural.org okay
1: <laughs> it does look like it's going to be a joke website do you remember zombo.com <laughs> Zom- No <laughs> there it was like a website that it would just it was like infinitely loading and it would say welcome to zombo.com and it was it
0: was a joke site like that <laughs> but <laughs> this horrible web 2.0 looking website yes. is a fantastically useful resource because it has everything in pdfs like just oh, anything this you is could awesome want. like click english will go select author it's like a million fucking like i don't even i'm just going to oh karl marx never heard of him uh, <laughs> let's go to <laughs> Here, oh, here, Joe Owens. Oh, Robert Owens. Robert Owen. Robert Owen, I know about. Fucking, he's not even a Marxist. The guy's biography, view of society. All right, here's, a, here's, a, here's his works Observations on the Effects of the Manufacturing System. Yeah. 1817.
1: Pretty damn comprehensive.
0: <laughs> it, it, Go to any of the classics, they're all there. Everything Lenin did, everything Marx, Engels, all of them. That's awesome. Great resource. But there was recently it, look, it looks like the Wayback Machine. It does look like you're just in the Wayback Machine <laughs> as a website. <laughs> they was some kind of reason like some estate that owned, I think like Angles Collected Works was in some kind of all oh, you can't, so now the so like that website was gonna like have to pull these <laughs> shitty PDF stuff. That's insane. <laughs> And these are people who have been dead for two, like almost 200 years. And it's, oh, sorry. The ownership rights may have gone to this person. <laughs> I have the opposite complaint. I can't find any of these books because they don't print them anymore. Because why would you print this? You can't make any money off it. It's all public, it's all public domain. So you got to, like, stick a cover on it and write a preface and then you can sell it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And when I listened to the Communist Man- Manifesto, it was an audio book. Uh, and it wasn't a high quality audio book. Like you could hear them turning the pages.
0: It's just somebody on YouTube reading.
1: (laughs) Which, how do I get that job? I'm about
0: to do that with some of these. I want to read books for a job. The secret is you can, you do it. You just have to do it for free. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to pay you. That's how they get you. (laughs) I'm about to do this with, uh. This is the most confusing shit ever. But I, I said earlier that I don't think the Communist Manifesto is the is the best yeah. place to have people start, especially in the year 2020. Not that it's awful. It's just there's a whole lot of shit thrown in there. You're not gonna know what the fuck he's talking about. Uh, it's written for like Germans sure. in 18 blah blah before they do. Uh, it's it's the it's not a book. It's a it's a an article, but it's yeah. fucking 50 pages long. It's called Karl Marx by written by. Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to look up Karl Marx by Lennon. By <laughs> Lennon. really hard to Google by Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> Some newspaper was like, hey, could you write like a summary or something about like, what do you think Marx? Like Marx? And was like, sure. Here's a little biography of him. Here's the, all the like a rundown of the tenets of what he was talking about. Here's like my whole shtick I added on to the end. He didn't even add anything. He just like interpreted it. Here's uh, how the revolutions. We just did one of those. And that's what I got a book published in. It's called Introduction to Marx, Engels, and Marxism. So it's that with some other freaking ones by international publishers published. This is a very fresh freaking copy, but this apparently was printed in 1987. <laughs> so I have no idea. Wow. Oh, no, this printing 2016. All right. All right. But oh, fuck? It's really obnoxious trying to find these books. Anyway, this has been a, a little aside in uh, uh, why marketing does not happen for uh, Marxist-Leninist classics. Yeah. <laughs> classics because nobody can make any money off it. And also, it'd be so fucking stupid to try and make money off this. If anyone reads the books, they're going to stop paying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these are books that teach you to effectively reject uh, like the same kind of seeing the matrix thing that you've been going through in your your actual job. I have one more planned topic I wanted to go into, let's and it's not much of a topic. It's another article. All right, let's. Yeah, let's what do you do think? It. If you want to hear the things we are recording live, and you want to see the articles that I'm sticking in our chat, if you want to chat at us while we are talking live, join our Patreon, it is literally $1 per month, mostly to keep... Uh, douchebags out not because we make a ton of money (laughs) off uh, off of it get in our discord we record bible study every other sunday where i just get on and read marx's Leninist classics or various other socialist left-leaning authors we just read through uh the social basis of the women question by alexandra kolontai it's really good read it now go on (laughs) marxist.org alexandra kolontai the social basis of the woman question. The article name itself sounds like it's fucked up. It's not. It's really nice. It's, uh, what do we do with women? Well, we could put them all in a box. We could we'll ship them all to Mars. <laughs> There's so many options. Giant blender. Yeah. <laughs> this article that I'm reading now. It's off of uh, spacecommune.com. There's a guy named Fox Green. They are current Marxist, meaning I'm sure someone listening to this hates them and thinks they are evil. <laughs> but anyway, they're talking about... You know how uh, Jackson, Mississippi had like, a water crisis recently? Yes. Or now? Yeah. <laughs> like how their water is like mud? Yes. I'm going to read a bit from this, but the a uh, summary the same people who are now talking about man I can't believe that they destroy it that they've neglected Jackson's water supply uh here we we're bringing in water and we're like look at this horrible atrocity some of those same people have for years now been working against solutions that would have prevented Jackson from having a water crisis in the first place the article. The Jackson-Mississippi water crisis made headlines this week. Decades of crumbling, neglected infrastructure came to a head, leaving residents of the capital city waiting in long lines for bottled water. You might see a, quote, grassroots lefted group, leftist group, quote, on the ground, using this opportunity to raise their profile, calling for mutual aid and donations. Leaving out key details... This group has a very specific narrative and agenda to promote—an agenda which works to undermine solutions to the water crisis in the name of decentralization and degrowth. B, do you think that there? This is kind of a gotcha question because I have a huge opinion on it. Do, what do you think about the concept of overpopulation? Um. Yeah, I think it's
1: a—it's bullshit. I think it's not real. Good, I'm so glad we
0: don't have to argue, because
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be they've more been saying interesting that since there were we two argued, million actually. people.
0: <laughs> when there were two million people on Earth, that's when like Malthus, is like, Malthusian, Malthus, the guy, was like, there's too many people, and if we simply let a lot of the poor people die, all of our problems would be solved. Yeah, Like, he's the reason... He's the the ideological justification for, like, the fucking Irish potato famine. The, it's like, oh, we'll just let the poor people die.
1: At the same time, the, the Amazon guy, for whatever reason, his name's escaping me. Bezos. <laughs> yeah, Bezos is always saying, we need more people. Population's gonna... Because he needs more people to employ at his... At his warehouse. I
0: would say, on that, I'd be like, hey, Bezos, I agree, except I think he thinks we're going to ship all the poor people into space, <laughs> like, in uh The Expanse, because he said that. He said he wants to make factories in space, move heavy industry to space, and it's like, how does that... And, so you're saying, like, do a coal plant in space? Yeah, and Earth will be, like, the
1: beachfront property. Like, <laughs> that's, like, yeah. where the rich people hang out, and while well, everybody else... Slaves away on Mars. Hey, it, that doesn't sound so bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is on Mon- uh, on Monday. This is written September 9th, so you know, a couple of weeks ago. On Monday, co-founder and leader of Cooperation Jackson, which is capitalized. I think that's like the group, the organization. Kali Akuno, K-L-I-A-K-U-N-O, Kali Akuno released a widely circulated statement, quote, after decades of systematic and international, and intentional, she's international, the whole world's fucking up Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> after decades of systematic and intentional neglect due to environmental racism, capital flight, and deindustrialization, the city's water system has collapsed, end quote. Let's put aside the fact that, quote, environmental racism is a term baked up in the brains of liberals to distract from economic and class issues. Sure. According to Acuno's main contention that the water system has collapsed due to deindustrialization and capital flight, we would assume that this veteran social justice... <laughs> he says social justice warrior, but I'm like, if I, if I speak like this, I sound like a fucking asshole. Uh, <laughs> has, been, has been fighting to stop this economic drain for years. But... A statement put out by Akuno in 2016 tells the opposite tale. In a post titled Countering the Confederate quote, Spring: The Assault on Black Political Power in Jackson, Mississippi, Akuno outlines tension tensions between the majority black democrat city of Jackson and the majority white republican state of Mississippi. So to like clarify what's happening, we have this guy, Kali Akuno, where Jackson's water is fucked up, and he's like, This is, and he says that after decades of systematic and intentional neglect due to environmental racism, capital flight, and deindustrialization, the city's water system has collapsed. Yet, this same person has, for years now, since 2016 and even earlier, has fought against industrialization. If he thinks deindustrialization is why. The water is so bad. And I think they're kind of correct on that. Yeah. Capital flight, like, you know, all the people that make money leaving, all the money-making business, the productive industries yeah. leaving, and you're being left with nothing. Yes. But they're only there because of groups just like his that have been trying to fight to degrow Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> <Like,
1: laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's not a priority to
0: build this community up. Do we want people... To live. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realize halfway through that that I'm watching, so asking just silly question. <laughs> but, like, if your goal is to get the people of Jackson, Mississippi to survive, that cannot easily mesh with other uh, policies and ideas. I'm trying not to get specific to make anybody upset. <laughs> the creation of a regional back to the article the creation of a regional water regional water treatment facility has been on the table for years but akuno is convinced that is a quote white settler republican conspiracy to seize control of jackson's municipal authority and economic viability turning it into an quote extractive colony for the surrounding suburbs and like i can't even argue that business people wouldn't try to do that but it's like well you need water right You need a regional water treatment facility?
1: Yeah, it it seems like you would want people to be alive so you can sell things
0: to them. (laughs) Right? Akuno's solution is, quote, boycott, divest, and sanction campaign to punish moneyed interests. There's a lot of quotes in these. Uh... In surrounding counties. Rather than create a regional water system, pooling the resources and combining the economic density of the majority black city with the majority white suburbs, Okuno demands these regions remain separate, even if it (laughs) means precarity of the water system for Jackson residents. So, like, the logic there is if you pooled the economic resources and, what did he say, the, uh, oh, yeah, economic density of the majority black city, so the poor people, with the majority white suburbs, the rich people, suddenly, if both of those groups have the same regional water treatment facility, do you see, I'm not B, what would the benefits of that be? Like, you see what I'm getting at with what, that? I want to see if it's obvious to other people. What would
1: the know. benefits be of, what, them having one central
0: Sharing and pooling, uh, how do they put it here? Pooling the resources of both the majority black city, city, like inner city part of Jackson, uh, Mississippi, with the majority white Mm -hmm. suburb area. If both of them relied on the same regional water treatment facility and water infrastructure, what would the benefits be of them both relying on the same infrastructure? They would both be better, I would think. They would po- do you think these rich white people would accept this mud water?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think the rich white people would accept the mud water <laughs> like, yeah, they would both in <laughs> they would both improve uh, because they would have more funding and yeah, uh because the rich white people wouldn't accept the mud water, <laughs> and people would have to listen to them when they complained about it. That was that that's the thing if you're poor, you your voice isn't as important as when you're rich people won't listen to you because you don't have anything for them
0: you don't have leverage over yeah. them why if when dave chappelle stands up in his town meeting and says i will stop these economic <laughs> development projects yeah people listen because yes. he can pull his because money you out can actually if you do show that. up <laughs> if you show up they don't give a fuck exactly <laughs> unless <laughs> you have some kind of collected pooled something it's not that I just want everyone to have to share everything that's like overly simplistic view of this but if your infrastructure affects more people it will improve just yes. because more people don't just stand for things being awful as I'm not gonna say New York City has amazing public transit or amazing subway system but it's got fucking something and it's because everybody has to use it yeah. <laughs> In Phoenix, the only people who ever use public transit are people who are desperately broke or people who are just kind of forced into it because they have too many, like, DUIs or, like, you don't have a car or whatever. So when you got it, of course it always sucks. It's always it's always everybody's last resort. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you can see how it just drags the whole thing down. Not even talking about the 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 management upper side of it, of how it's kind of, like, designed to fail and all this other shit. Yes. So, absolutely. not that building a regional water treatment facility would be some magic silver bullet instant solution for Jackson, Mississippi, but it certainly is a step in the direction they should be taking, as opposed to trying to keep this whole like it appears like they're trying to do like a separate but equal fucking uh, infrastructure grid. Yeah, that's what it sounds which, like. Uh, I don't like that.
1: Well, <laughs> it sounds like a bad. Well, thing. because it's not equal.
0: <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's exactly clear you know what I Because equal. it's muddy water that will give you disease. <laughs> Akuno has laid the groundwork for the collapse of their water system by refusing to work with Republicans based on the idea that they are all racist white settlers. <laughs> a counter as a counterbalance to the boycott, divest and sanction initiative against the quote white settler Republican suburbs, Akuno proposes a "Buy Jackson!" All, like exclamation like it's a slogan marketing. Yeah, Buy marketing. Jackson! <laughs> By, and that will and solve the problems, problems by yeah, the, this thing. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy offers literally he offers marketing <laughs> instead of building a fucking plant. That's exactly- on one hand the materialists you have build a fucking plant. On the other side the metaphysicists yep. say, "Oh, simply buy local." Yes. It's like and then what? The economy wizards will generate a water treatment plant.
1: <laughs> it's about placating people. That's all it is. <laughs> Follow that idea like- Yeah, it's marketing It's marketing about placating people So uh, you just make up a slogan Yeah, buy Jackson uh, I Just make up any slogan And people think you're doing something <laughs> Recycle Reuse and recycle And we'll save the world Because we thought of a phrase
0: <laughs> Hey, you're in that region of the country yeah. Maybe you... I'm gonna say the land the name of a town. Yeah. And I wanna see if you know what I'm talking about, but now I can't oh here it is. Kingston, New York. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm in the South. Kingston, New York is a town that for all intents and purposes is owned by Peter Buffett. Yes, the son of Warren Buffett. Okay. Does that sound like anything? He owns a town, Kingston, New York. The, the Novo Foundation is his thing. And so Kingston, New York is now becoming kind of a uh, test lab of how these kind of policies, these marketing without any actual material, sure. uh, policies work out. And there is some material. Like Kingston has recently shut down one of their nuclear plants and moved to electric. They have since had rolling brownouts and tripled their electric, pr- uh, sorry, their power uh, prices in the last That's not good. Year. Yeah, and it hasn't even shut off all the way. They shut off one of the two reactors, so when they shut off the other one, I am not against, gr- quote, green energy. I am just against uh being a willing patsy for the oil and gas company to run in after our shit fails and goes, oh, oh would you like some oil and gas? It is only 10 times the price, like what happens in Texas every time there's a storm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, yeah, that's what it is. It's just uh, propping the, that energy source up to fail so
0: if you get complete tunnel vision blinders on only windmills only (laughs) solar you are dooming yourself to uh you either like just don't understand how like power grids work or you're accepting a future in which certain people just have to die off for it to work Because, yeah, that will work in like a village of 20 people where you have 20, 10 times the number, like 50 solar panels for every resident. Sure. Well,
1: you could put you don't want to put all of your energy eggs in any energy basket, you know, but that's what's happening now with the fossil fuels are, are supposed to be everything that we use is supposed to be fossil fuels.
0: Yeah weirdly it's the one that can you can most easily make a bunch of money off of (laughs) because it has an uh, like a very highly consumable resource your fuels themselves don't last very long whereas nuclear it is possible to make you can make a whole town around your nuclear plant because you need a ton of people to be working it you need support structures for those people working it like that that really is a job creating thing if you put a freaking plant in that is a job creator thing and yeah, they're probably not going to hire the engineers from the local town. Like, I'm not going to be full of myself. But a whole bunch of just regular, quote, unskilled labor is necessary for those plants. And if you look at plants where they are now, there's a ton of infrastructure and jobs necessary for it. And it doesn't consume that much actual material. You can't be a big books uranium dealer. I mean, it's certainly not free, but not in the same way you could run like a BP with, oh, we're just chunking out millions of tons of. Yeah. <laughs> uranium every day. You're like, no, it's it's not uh, happening.
1: I, could you imagine a uranium spill in the Gulf of Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a bummer.
0: Oh shit! Uranium's shooting out of the <laughs> ocean floor! <laughs> Can't stop it. Just a green glowing geyser. <laughs>
1: that would be unpleasant. But so but even like solar is starting to take off because they found a way
0: to sell it, basically.
1: <laughs>
0: they found a way to uh, get you into a tax. They find a way to get you to willingly put a tax lien on your yep. home so you can get your, quote, free solar panels. It's I'm not getting into the whole thing. Don't take anybody's solar panels, people. It's never free. Yes. It's so they can put a tax lien on your home, and then you owe your house, not to the bank, to the federal government, and they're going to fuck you up. Don't do yep. it. But Kingston, New York, is a town in New York owned by Peter – owned by – basically, I say owned by – yes, actually, owned by Peter I didn't know you could own a town, but that's – If you buy enough shit, it's the Novo Foundation. That's what, like, owns it. It, like – but – that is a town that is going hardcore on all of these policies, and it works really well if you are very wealthy, Not even very, just like moderately, moderate to severe wealth. Yeah, moderate to severe. (laughs) (laughs) Chronic wealth. Yeah, thankfully I'm I'm not
1: suffering from that condition.
0: (laughs) Moderate to severe wealth. This isn't saying we need to go do the worst things or we need to just go mine more coal. I am saying that we got to start building about 30 new nuclear plants now and also begin work on nuclear fusion build fusion city in Kansas power, the entire fucking country. And if we actually collaborated with China and India and all these other people who we don't like, well, I guess we're fine with India. We might be able to get there. And that's what my like hopeful look forward is because if you don't have that yeah green energy we have to reduce world population and how do we decide who gets cold your hopeful look forward is that we will cooperate with china <laughs> yes <laughs> shut up
1: yeah no that's that is definitely
0: hopeful <laughs> it is very optimistic yeah. <laughs> no, not cuz we like them. it's we're going to we're we're only maybe a couple of decades away from we're like kind of forced to yeah yeah that's probably
1: where yeah something's gonna happen and yeah collaboration will become uh inevitable i i don't know if it's a couple decades away maybe maybe more
0: it's one of those that where the onion the onion like predicted real life the onion had some article where it's like xi jinping uh desperate to not do anything that might disrupt America's natural collapse. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just a real interview thing that happened where he was just like, yo, I'm not trying to mess with America at all. They're, they're doing fine. I don't (laughs) want to. Exactly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I
0: I just don't touch it. I mean, freaking even the whole Taiwan situation, like we, they told us it was going to be world war three immediately. They're going to shoot Pelosi's plan. They're, they're like, all right, we're going to point, we're going to, here's all of our gigantic tanks and shit, but we're not shooting anything down. <laughs> we're, we're not taking this. We've seen what you do to countries. You try to go people into shit and then, and then you go and do a uh, yeah. you do an Operation Iraqi freedom on them. Whatever, yo. Go ahead. Pelosi can take it. Come back in a month. <laughs> and I mean good because it meant there wasn't a war. So in that respect, fantastic, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no war with China yet.
1: Yeah. That would be great. Uh, yeah. Um, what didn't they oh, remake? It might
0: be no war with China ever. But... Didn't they
1: remake uh, Red Dawn? And it was about China. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did they? I feel like they could. Because... Like, is that like in development? No, right no, now? no, no, no. Red Josh Peck Dawn. was in it. <laughs> are, you, are you serious? Yeah. Holy fuck! They made it 2012. Oh, but maybe it was Twi- Was it Korea? <laughs> Red Dawn 2012. Holy shit! The what's his name? <laughs> Not even jo- one of the one of the like hot boys. <laughs> I don't know any celebrities' names. Josh Peck. Let me, is let me in read it. him. Starring. <laughs> Yes, but above him is Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yes, That's what that we'll guy, yeah. <laughs> of Chris
1: Josh Peck is the one I remember. <laughs> there's
0: not there's another Josh. What other Josh? Think of another hot boy Josh from 2012. Um I can't. I can't think of one. Josh Hutcherson. I don't Josh. know who that is. <laughs> Josh what <laughs> let me see what, what, what was he most famous for oh hunger games he was the the guy in hunger oh, games I think.
1: well that would have been before hunger games too <laughs> well um
0: <laughs> oh man no like, yeah one year before 2011 that was the job everyone had hutcherson mania
1: <laughs> yeah but if there was a war with china it would be exactly like the 2012 version of red dawn
0: Hey, this has been Last Minute Politics. In my mind, I'm like, we're going to do like a 45-minute episode. We're already 10 minutes over the hour. Um, I hope you enjoy what you've listened to today. I've had a really good time here talking with B. Uh, My name is Pepper Coyote. Hey, B, is there anything that you want to plug, direct people to, yours or anyone else's? Uh,
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, but I forget what my Twitter handle is, so I'm trying to find it.
0: Wow, fucking H3 and Chad is like it has seemed like a it good time. Se- I'm like, well, fucking, I hope you had a good time. <laughs> uh, my
1: Twitter is just B Poundwell. If you can, conf- I I don't tweet B often.
0: Poundwell, do it. Well, if you get a, if you get like dozen of followers from this appearance, then suddenly you'll have a great oh, reason yeah, to start m- tweeting. Oh yeah, I'm excited.
1: I can tweet the funny things that I think of, but I don't want to tweet. Uh, Yeah, whatever.
0: (laughs) See, everyone's like, Pepper, you should make another account for your other opinions. Like, yeah, but then people will figure out what it is, and it'll be way worse. Then my opinions will be out there. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent point. All right. At the end of the show, we yell goodbye at the same time. Bye! Bye! Bye!